I hope you're prepared because it's Big News Wednesday. Welcome one and all to another day here on the Damage Report, where we're gonna dive into American politics, the wild sticky morass of American politics. But on today's show, we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Not only one of the weirdest presidential primaries in a long time, but the Republicans just epic failure to do their little symbolic thing on the border. That's gonna be a lot of fun. And they're all worked up about Donald Trump potentially losing his immunity and maybe being found guilty for inspiring an insurrection. So they're tripping over themselves to make themselves look like clowns. In the meantime, a lot of fun. And joining us for the fun, once again, Sharon Reed, how's it going? Going great. I'm happy to be here on this Big News Wednesday. It is, it is. And it is now, thanks to your recurring presence on the show, <laughs> Big News Wednesday, because you're here. So thank oh, no. you for making it such a big news day. Lot to live up to. There is actually. And in just a moment, we are going to jump into these stories. By the way, I was previewing some of the stories that'll be in the first hour. And for those of you maybe on the podcast, then buckle up. That's what you're going to experience. But never forget that there is more content available at youtube.com slash the damage report, which unfortunately cannot make it into the podcast. And for those of you watching live, that'll be coming up in the aftermath. So lots of fun there. We're going, to be, we're going to be dissecting what we should expect coming out of Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin. That'll be fun. Gina Carano's lawsuit against Disney being supported by Elon Musk and a candidate literally burning school books, library books with a flamethrower. I think we're moving in the right direction, historically speaking. But with all that said, if you're on a platform where you can do this, hit the like button, share the stream. We're gonna dive into it starting off with our lead story. Donald Trump was not even on the ballot in the Republican Nevada primary, and Nikki Haley still kind of lost to him, arguably. She sort of won. She got the most votes of any candidate who appeared on the ballot, as you'll see in this graphic. But unfortunately, none of these candidates got far more support. So Nikki Haley was at, you know, 30.5%, but more than 60% were like, no, I don't like any of these. And that's Nikki Haley. Even Mike Pence is still on there. I barely remember that he was ever in the race, but he still got some of the vote. And you have the 63%. Now, you can interpret that in several different ways. It could be Ron DeSantis supporters, maybe Chris Christie, a few um, you know, people with like tinfoil on their head or like Ramaswamy. Um, but I think the takeaway that some will go with is that those are the Trump supporters. Now, Trump isn't on the ballot because Nevada has this thing where they're gonna have the primary today that isn't even for the delegates. And then uh, tomorrow, as of when we're filming this, they're gonna have their caucus, which has Donald Trump and doesn't have Nikki Haley. So in a weird way, both of them can claim victory and both of them will come out of the the sum total of all of Nevada being able to claim victory even though the only one who really gains anything long term is Donald Trump. It's a bit of a mess and look, he is going to weigh in. We'll get to that in just a sec and and try to stick it to Nikki Haley a little bit more. Um but Sharon, I want your thoughts on the weird situation we have with Nevada. It's not quite like any other state. Well, it is weird and it is demoralizing if I'm on the ballot, but double people pick not you or any of these candidates. It's just mm -hmm. embarrassing. And it is kind of, I think, it shows you where we are, the state of the country. Maybe it's just the state of Nevada. I don't know. But it seems to me like there's more to it. 
I'd like to see, and I don't know if there's any uh, data on it. Did Mickey Mouse uh, get <laughs> any vote? Because you just never know. You know, mm-hmm. I want to know if these people got any other votes. But it is very demoralizing. I think that is the yeah. word for it. There goes the momentum, Nikki Haley. But we yeah. were already pretending that she was in in the hunt. <laughs> you know, there was wishful thinking by some. It's just not going to happen. She's just hanging on. You know, yeah. waiting for him to potentially be found guilty in some of these cases. Um, I don't see Mickey Mouse on the list. It is possible no. that Mickey Mouse supporters voted for none of these candidates. But remember, the right is not happy with Disney these days, so they might not be voting for Mickey anymore. <laughs> but in any event, here's what Donald Trump had to say about technically him losing because he didn't get the most votes. He's not on it. He said, a bad night for Nikki Haley, losing by almost 30 points in Nevada to none of these candidates. Watch, she'll soon claim capital V victory. Well, she she kind of can. She got more votes than any other individual candidate, I suppose. And look, he's going to claim victory in the caucuses when Nikki Haley's not there. They're not going head to head. Both of them are going to claim victory. Both of them avoided going head to head. It's so stupid. The next time, by the way, that they actually will go head to head is when the Republican version of the South Carolina primary happens, which isn't until the 24th of this month. So it's gonna take a little while. Here's what Nikki Haley had to say about all this, says, um, even Donald Trump knows that when you play penny slots, the house wins. We didn't bother to play a game rigged for Trump. We're full steam ahead in South Carolina and beyond, saying that the caucuses um, the reason that the caucuses are going to be the ones distributing the delegates is because the GOP thought that it would do better for him. Um, only really devoted people show up to caucuses because of the time commitment. So Nevada was supposed to switch over to the primary. They decided to stick with their caucus to benefit Donald Trump. Multiple states have done this sort of thing. Donald Trump did not want to have a fair primary contest. So he put pressure on state officials to effectively, to some extent, rig the results in different states in his favor, which is definitely a sign of confidence, I think. But anyway, even in South Carolina, um, you know, she's sticking around, but it's she's she's trailing by a lot. She's down by 26 points. At this point, which is quite a bit. I mean, look, if you look at the average, she's kind of maybe gaining on him, but certainly not at the rate that within the next three weeks she's going to beat him. So she's sticking around, maybe for legal, like the legal consequences, maybe for, I don't know, him to have a heart attack, Sharon. I don't know. Those are the best theories I have right now. And you could be on to something, but first of all, who is he to call her out for claiming victory when there's really defeat? I mean, isn't that. What we've been living with since he did that in 2020. It's, yeah. and I don't mm-hmm. like particularly her using the word rigged and about not wanting to play the game and the rigged for Donald Trump. Because again, if you're the alternate choice and you're supposed to be above it, now it's okay. I guess you did lay out a case that it is rigged with <laughs> the, the way they're doing business there, the Republican Party. But I don't think she should use that word even. This is actually a pathetic. Um, This is a pathetic exercise. It's Mm -hmm. a pathetic exercise for people who I thought were going out and saying, this is who I affirm as my candidate for the presidency of the United States. It's just, um, it's kind of weird. It's like the the fair where no one wins one of those big, big animals. You know, whether you throw (laughs) that, what's that thing that kind of goes in the the ring? It never goes in. Okay, the basketball. Come on. Well, those are truly players not be able to do it. Right. So it's just like, 
you want the big prize, it's not really gonna come, but you'll get something. You'll get a big teddy bear. Um, yeah, I, I look, I don't even like the use of the word rigged in this context. I shouldn't have even used it. I think that it should be something is rigged wherein it is still theoretically possible mm. for the one side to, to prevail, but it's very, very difficult. And this is just they chose the one they think he'll do better in. He'll win in either case. So I, I don't love the term either. It's thrown around by people to, to basically describe anything that could have an effect. And, and you're right about that. Um, she didn't do the caucus against him because she thought she would lose. Yeah. Uh, but if he had done the primary, she would have lost that. So she was gonna lose either way. So she's not wrong, but it doesn't matter that she's right is how I would put it. In any event, we have other important news coming out of yesterday, and it involves the right's utter failure to do basic math. Let's jump to this. The resolution is not adopted. That is Speaker Mike Johnson having to announce that their attempt to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary did not succeed. And he's not mad about it. I mean, he's barely even making eye contact. I mean, it's like, well, it failed. But anyway, bad news for the right. They desperately needed this because they're gonna kill the right wing Senate border bill. They're not gonna do that after making like all this brouhaha about the border. So they were gonna, they were gonna impeach. Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas to pretend that they're doing something, but now they can't even do that, which means it's a bad day for them. It's a good day for their detractors. And honestly, coming out of this, nobody appears to be having more fun than Representative Jamie Raskin. Take a look at this. The House megas would not take yes for an answer. Why? Because Donald Trump doesn't want a border solution. He wants a border problem, nothing else to run on. And Vladimir Putin certainly doesn't want $60 billion going to the heroic people of Ukraine, defying his filthy imperialist invasion. All over the world, democracy and freedom are under siege today. And all our colleagues can think to do is to sell out our democratic allies and sell out the cause of human rights, and then impeach a cabinet secretary working diligently to solve the immigration problem that they claim to care about. So the Trump-Putin mega faction headed up by the distinguished general lady from Georgia has been given this worthless trinket of a consolation prize, the opportunity to bring a slapstick impeachment drive against a cabinet member of unimpeachable integrity who has obviously committed no treason, no bribery, no high crimes, no misdemeanors, nothing indictable or even indictable, if you prefer. Damn, was that a roast at the same time that it was an address to Congress? So obviously he's talking about Marjorie Green there. I think everyone gets that, except now that I think about it, it might be lost on Marjorie Green. <laughs> That's who he's talking about. But yeah, no, he laid it out. This is the that is entirely the politics of why they're doing the impeachment. The first time, by the way, in nearly a century and a half that a cabinet secretary has been has faced impeachment in this way. And Hey, we've continued the streak of it not working, I suppose. Although stay tuned, they're gonna try again this week. 
And also why they turned against the border bill. It is all because of Donald Trump. They have taken the entirety of American politics of the obligation of the government of them to do something about something they say is a problem. And they have decided, no, we just we think that it might make like a point of difference in the presidential election. So screw it, we're not gonna do it. And they have made clowns out of themselves. Maybe like even coming out of this failure, they're gonna do worse. And we'll get to that, including Marjorie Greene soon. But Sharon, it was certainly not guaranteed that this effort would fail. What do you think about this? Um, I think they can't get their acts together. And Johnson is completely just overmatched and looking foolish. Couldn't he have somebody else announce that? And I can't wait to get to Marjorie Taylor Greene because I think once again, we're gonna have to explain just the basics of mm-hmm. how this thing works. You know, people show up, they vote. It's up to them, one member, one vote, that kind of thing. But no, there was no guarantee, but they can't even like take an accurate count, it seems. Yeah. To say, here's what we got. We got a thin margin. We got a little bit to lose. We can't lose anyone. Let me make sure we're all in the same group text. It's just, well, it reveals what we're actually dealing with. It's no surprise to those of us at home watching this chaos. Yeah, I wonder. I'm loading up Fox News right now because I'm trying to think Uh how are they going to, how are they going to spin this for their side? Like if you're a regular conservative, you're you're in Nashville or something or Dallas, I don't know, and you're seeing this and you you've been convinced that this is what's going to save the border, not passing a law or funding to the border patrol or anything like that. It's just we got to get rid of this guy for for reasons. I don't remember, but Jesse Waters said it. They seem to have a reason, and they couldn't even do that. They're like they've they've given up on legislation, but even these stupid buffoonish antics, they can't even do that stuff. Why would you want to keep them in power if you were right winger? It is a complete waste of time, because honestly, they're just they're they're not positioned or trained. They don't have the expertise to govern, and we know that they don't want to. So just put them back in the minority and have them continually just shout things over people who are honestly doing their job. That's far more of their actual element. Just go back to that. And I want to demonstrate, by the way, how out of their element there are that they are. So Marjorie Green was out in front of this entire of sham impeachment effort. And it was demonstrated in their loss yesterday to be a clownish waste of time. So she's not gonna take responsibility for that. She doesn't have the capability. Instead, she is going to try to describe it as a simple consequence of the fact that the Democrats are really devious and dishonest. And here's how she's gonna do that. Their strategy and they hid one of their members waiting to the last minute, watching to see our votes, trying to throw us off on the numbers that we had versus the numbers they had. So yeah, that was a strategy at play tonight. So they lost out on their effort to impeach Secretary Mayorkas because they couldn't count well. And who would have guessed that Marjorie Greene would be brought low by an inability to do basic math? Pretty much everyone, probably, honestly. What she's referring to is this, Representative Al Green, who had been, he had just had a medical procedure, came in to vote and then went back to the hospital. And that is, that's how devious these Democrats are. They had all of their members vote, even the one where it's inconvenient for the right that they voted. It's not like a crime, you just, you thought he wouldn't show up. 
but he's still a representative. He he can still vote. What exactly is the problem here? Like now, granted, maybe they would have pulled it if they knew he would have been there, but they apparently had no idea that they were gonna have defections of their own. So it's just ridiculous. And the way that they're trying to to spin a guy showing up for work when it's inconvenient is insane. This is just some rando weirdo, but he tweeted. Democrats win because they literally roll their members in from an operating room to the House floor just to save a cabinet official from impeachment. Wish we had that ruthlessness on our side. What are, what are you talking about? First of all, just to save a cabinet official from impeachment? That's not a just. That would be like just to help name a post office. No, this is like a once in a century and a half effort to impeach a guy. It's kind of a big deal. Maybe you'll show up for it. And also, ruthlessness? Ruthlessness is when you hunt down all of the remaining Jedi, not when a guy shows up to stop you from doing something stupid. They really can spin almost anything to make it seem as if there's some massive conspiracy going on when they're just bad at math and they don't have the numbers to do what they want, Sharon. What do you think? Yeah, and ruthless is Mike Johnson on the floor being a close talker. I picture him with foul breath getting in the faces <laughs> of those remaining members, trying to get them to please do what we've asked you to do, the wrong thing. Marjorie, um, what I do miss though is when she first got to Congress and started getting some attention from the press, we could look at the reporters in the background, John. And we could mm -hmm. see they were kind of like, you know, we'd see like their visible reactions, but now they're so trained to deal with her nonsense that we get nothing from them. And I was watching very Closely, maybe Donald Trump texted her and said, "Say this, you know, they yeah. tricked you." Okay, the guy was going to take Uber. He said, "Listen," they said, "Look, your health is most important. Don't we got it? Don't worry about us." Then I'm going to Uber. We'll send a ride for you. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. One member, one vote. That, that's all it was. It's not a trick. Okay, yeah. a trick is something else. I could tell you some stories. A trick is something else back here in Georgia, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't want to go there, but it's I'm in curious. a certain person's district and well, dress the, well, just leave it alone. Okay, well, look, they're mad that he showed up. They should be more mad at themselves for why it was able, why it was possible for a guy coming from the hospital to make them lose. Remember, they lost George Santos. They're really mad about that. Um, you know, you had like uh, Matt Gates saying he's never missed him more, and Kevin McCarthy also was pushed out. Both of those are their problem. That wasn't like the dishonesty of the Democrats. That was the dishonesty and ridiculousness of the right. George Santos never should have been in office to need to step down. You did that to yourself, Republicans, by being okay with a guy like that. And for Kevin McCarthy, you guys thought that this crazy right winger wasn't crazy enough. So you booted him out of his leadership position so that you could have Mike Johnson. How's that working for you? And then the guy left. But again, that's on you. If you weren't so radical, if you weren't so insane, you would have had two extra votes and you would have successfully impeached Mayorkas. To no avail, it wouldn't actually remove him from the position. It would only make you look even more radical. But that's why you didn't get what you want. Don't be mad at Al Green for showing up despite the fact that he's in rough shape. But anyway, we're trying to educate them here. We're not the only ones doing it, even on their side. We have representative, Republican representative Chip Roy, who has been roasting his side. And with their failure to impeach Secretary Mayorkas, he also was doing a little bit of a fact check of a claim that keeps being repeated by the right, including from Donald Trump. Take a look at this. 
No, we're not going to just pass the buck and say that, oh, any president could walk in and secure the border. I saw former President Trump make that allegation earlier today on one of his social media posts. All the president has to do is declare the borders closed and it's closed. Well, with all due respect, that didn't happen in 2017, 18, 19, and 20. There were millions of people who came into the United States during those four years. So where's the lie exactly in that? Now, look, I don't know exactly what his long-term goal is in that. He could be attempting to continue to demonize the fact that, look, even under a Republican, tons of these immigrants came in. But he is right. They, they claim you can just shut it down. Biden doesn't need this bill. He can just do it anyway by enforcing the law or snapping his fingers, and then we're done. So, so we don't need to do a bill. We don't need Donald Trump to be mad at us. That's just a lie. And I, I would love to see Donald Trump answer why. If you can just shut down the border, he never did. If you can just do that, if it's that easy, just snap your fingers, you're done. Why is it that so many people crossed the border under Donald Trump? There's of course no answer to that. So they will do what they always do when faced with reality. They will completely ignore it. They will tuck tail and run. They will just hide behind their convenient lies. And there are so many in this topic. There are lies about the 5,000 migrants a day threshold, the lies of I, look, we're not going to relitigate all of it. We've been going over for a solid two weeks at this point, but they're massive liars. And I love that you have at least one Republican who's willing to admit it from time to time. Sharon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the band is is breaking up here. Okay, they don't even need Yoko. The band is breaking up. These defections, all this little stuff. There, there's infighting. And speaking of, if Petty was a person, George Santos is. <laughs> Missing mm. yet? Okay, it's a it's a beautiful thing to see when. People who do nothing but lie and orchestrate and beyond normal politics are now caught up and in a family feud. It's a beautiful thing to see, except, oh yeah, what about running the country? What about the rest of us? Yeah, yeah. It's just, eh, look, and I'll admit, this is my closing thought. Uh, I am delighting this. I love to see them fail to do things that they never should have tried to do in the first place. But I will also remind you, there is an opportunity cost to all of this, and it's the functioning of Congress. Like, yeah, they're failing to do stupid stuff, but they're not doing anything else. This is what they're doing. They name a post office, they fail to impeach someone. They name another post office, they talk about impeaching Joe Biden. That's literally it. And the thing is, people do need help. They don't just need antics. We got more to come, don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Okay, everybody, buckle up. We need to jump into other news, including a little bit of a follow-up to um, some of the legal developments as we await the SCOTUS doing something, which I'm frustrated by. While we wait for the SCOTUS to take action on Donald Trump's immunity claims or ballot access claims, the right is lining up to give him a little bit of help. Stupid help, but help, and it comes in this form. Dozens of House Republicans have declared in a new resolution that Trump's January 6 actions were not insurrection. So they have said, according to us, a whole bunch of chuckleheads and aspiring podcast hosts, it wasn't an insurrection. And many of you are probably thinking, well, what does that mean? What is that intended to accomplish? It is confusing. Journalists were wondering the same thing. And they asked Matt Gates, this is his effort to explain himself. What is, is there like a practical 
sort of implication if this passes, would this help Trump legally in court or is this just a symbolic measure? No, I, I think that it would be incredibly helpful legally if we were to adopt this provision. You know, I, I've been the victim of federal crimes. I know what it's like when prosecutors regularly consult the victim to understand what the victim's expectations are. If we're the purported victim in Congress and we're saying this was not an insurrection, I think that would hold a great deal of weight. So Matt Gates is saying that uh, the victims in a crime are often given a position where the jury or the judge cares about them and what they think about a topic. And so what he's attempting to say here, and it is so dishonest, is that if it was an insurrection and if it was a threat to Congress, well, then aren't we the victims? Me, Matt Gates, aren't I the victim? And we're saying that it wasn't an insurrection. So that's something that a judge or a jury should take into account. Now, I wanna be very clear about this. They theoretically were the victims, probably not Matt Gates. I think that if the insurrectionists came across him in the hallway, they would have been just fine with that. But he is, of course, pretending not to understand that if they had come across some of his Democratic colleagues, particularly ones that are demonized by the right wing media, they likely would have been brutalized, sexually assaulted, or perhaps murdered. He knows that, but is pretending not to understand that to benefit Donald Trump. That is sociopathic. Just bear that in mind. Um, but thankfully, in this case, the entire plan is stupid. The jury and the judge are not going to care about some nakedly partisan resolution that some Republicans passed. They don't care about that at all. But what is very clear coming out of this is that you know we're more than three years now from January 6th. And there was periods, especially early on, where some in the right had to pretend to have an issue with what happened on January 6th. But we are so far past that. They don't even have to pretend anymore, and they can just line up behind Donald Trump. Sharon, what do you think? And what he's talking about is um, akin to not understanding even the legal system. Okay, he doesn't even understand the legal system because, yes, supposedly Congress would be uh, the victims, and indeed they were rummaging through Nancy Pelosi's mail, defecating, urinating, the like, stealing things. Uh, but this is, is a crime, reportedly, I think we saw it. Against the United States of America, okay? If Matt Gates wants to offer mitigating circumstances and, you know, once Donald Trump is convicted or something, you know, offer up that he thinks he's a great guy who was just doing a tour, that's fine. Nancy Pelosi can give her victim impact statements, so can others. But that's, it's, it's just, this is a show about nothing, okay? You <laughs> mentioned Seinfeld. They're doing a show about Nothing. And the Congresswoman from New York is just a pathetic shell of her former self who used to kind of sort of work with other people, whether we agree with her or not. And now you're joining with perfect hair guy and putting out this nonsense. We all saw what it was, okay? The mm -hmm. guy with the, he was wearing that rug and the hat, the furry hat. And they were doing a lot of damage and threatening people, okay? 100%. I think Mike Pence should give an impact statement too. Yeah. By the way, the the QAnon shaman who you're referencing there guy, is actually yeah. going to show up on the show a little bit later on. So <laughs> oh my uh, that's weird, but yeah, it was an insurrection. That's what it was. And their, their approach to this is, was that wrong? Because I have to tell you, if I knew that that was against the rules, I never would have done it to, mm. to, done it to again um, reference uh, Seinfeld there. But look, we we gave a little bit of a tease of another video that went on a show. And I do want to go back to it because it is fun. Here is Marjorie Greene. The American people who pay for elections with their tax dollars actually own the elections 
and have have the right the right to care about their elections, election integrity, and the results of their elections. When they came to Washington and protested, all of you called it an insurrection. And then when Joe Biden was inaugurated and this entire Capitol complex was surrounded with 30,000 National Guard troops, none of you stood there and called that an insurrection. Oh, no. You all stayed silent. I'm not going to be silent now. I'm going to laugh at you. You you dumb, dumb donkey. What are you talking about? Yeah, they didn't call that an insurrection because it wasn't. He won the election. He gets to be president. Donald Trump didn't win the election. He doesn't get to be president. That's how it happens. At our production meeting, I was like, you know, when that guy burst into the bank and stole a bunch of money, you called it robbery. But later on, when a little old lady walked in and deposited a hundred bucks, you stayed silent. Yeah, that's because different things are different. She is so, so bad at this. She thinks that if she just raises her voice, she'll have more authority, more gravitas. No. The American people paid for the election, so they have the right to care about it. Sure, I guess. I don't think that's an enumerated right. That does not mean that they get to sack the Capitol. And if it does mean that, if you're saying that simply because somebody paid taxes, they get to attack the Capitol, well, I don't know, maybe four years into this Trump thing, let's all gather in DC because apparently it's our it's our right, one of our constitutional rights to bust in there. And start doing a number two on the floor. Obviously, don't do that. But Sharon, what do you think about the argument? Well, you've left them with a hell of a vision now. I think that every time Marjorie Taylor Greene speaks, I feel stupider. I really feel dumber. It's like you go to school, you get an education or you have life experience, and then I have to moonwalk it back because I just don't get it. And it's the pitch for me. The congressman over her right shoulder, I could tell it was bothering. Him too. Okay, there he is. And mm-hmm. I could tell it. He needs what's that drug that Chloe and Serena take for migraine? Because she just goes on and on like a little attack puppy on and on. What are those little dogs, the chihuahuas? It's like that, mm-hmm. but the pitch. And sometimes they have that pitch too. And it's just too much. I need you to explain it, but I kind of don't want you to because you can't explain it, can you? Can you? Yeah. It, it only makes sense. If I can, if I can try to contort my brain into stupid conspiracist thinking, in that if we pretend that Donald Trump secretly won the election and Joe Biden secretly stole the election, well, then it was an insurrection. But that's fantasy land, Marjorie Greene. That's not actually what happened at all. Take it up with the voters. Maybe Trump should have. Maybe if Trump had actually tried as president, tried to win, not spent months before the election telling his voters not to early vote, not to vote by mail. In fact, you don't have to show up. Maybe he could have actually won, which he did not. But no, Marjorie Greene clearly still in the camp of the insurrectionists doing PR for them. And she does not like when you point that out, by the way. Here's a little bit more fun in this video. It's quite a shame that you call them political prisoners or hostages, I think maybe you called them. They're actually, they actually try to, they actually try to overthrow our government. Let me continue with my time. She's not recognized. Thank you. So I I think it's quite um, interesting that um, my colleague wants to try to talk about the safety of DC. 
when she literally supported an insurrection and attack on the Capitol, visited the prisoners. I, I was there as one of two Democrats there as part of that visit on behalf of this committee um, and seeing her high five uh, folks that want to overthrow our government. That is uh, Democratic Representative uh, Garcia and uh, whatever you think of him, he's stating facts and she doesn't have any response. Well, not any response. She shouted a bunch of stuff and then stormed out of the room, you know, like adults do. And uh, that was it. Loved the editing, by the way, with the little arrow following her. She shouted some insults at him and then clomped out like she was angry at her server at Panera or whatever. Yeah. I have a feeling this is probably not the first or even one of her best storm outs when she doesn't like what someone is saying to her. But it is what I think should be below the dignity of the office. If you are going to go to a prison where these people who attempted to overturn the results of the election are, and you're going to literally high five them and talk about how cool they are while simultaneously in public calling them Antifa, then answer for that. You know, that seems to be a stance that you're taking. Take the stance. Don't just run away from when people point it out. But that's all she had, Sharon. What do you think? Yeah, um, I remember when Hunter Biden left, okay, and I don't think he stomped out and now she's, oh, what are you, oh, what are you afraid of? I, that's what that, and I love the arrow too, made me think of. But this is so pathetic. What he's really saying is you are behaving like a traitor to the United States. You are siding with people who tried to do harm to your country that you claim to love. I think it's time to collect signatures. We need to carve her on Stone Mountain, Jackson, Lee, okay, <laughs> uh, Davis, and then Green. Put her up there if that's what she believes, that this was no big deal, just a protest. And by the way, they, who, they, they were traitors on that day, I'm sorry. Yeah. They are right. So we need her on Stone Mountain. They've already messed up the mountain, put her on there. Yeah. By the way, I um, you know, I, I'm glad that he is he's focusing on there. Like some of you might say, oh, you know, it's funny that she walked out or whatever. But like th this one video to me demonstrates both sides of green: the stupid, immature side, yes, but the dangerous, anti-democratic side too. Like she's buffoonish because she high-fived the people who did the coup, but she high-fived the people who did the coup. Like yes, she will talk about like uh, Jewish space lasers. But she is ready, as we've been talking about throughout this week, ready to be a willing, enthusiastic participant in the devolution of America into a fascist state. She's 100% down. She has frequently joked about or talked about how awesome it would be if we had more political violence. Remember her liking posts talking about shooting Nancy Pelosi in the head. Her saying that if she had been charged on January 6th and had guns, they would have succeeded. This is something she fantasizes about. She invokes another civil war on like a daily basis. Yes, she's a buffoon. Yes, we make fun of her, but she is among the most dangerous people in office. Not because she's capable or competent, but because she is down for the destruction of America. And for someone who likes to talk about traitors as much as she does, she sure demonstrates how to do it just as regularly. Anyway, with that said, I'm talking here about the end of America. Let's talk about how many people are ready for it, okay? Do you remember this? He says, you're not gonna be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that was fun. Remember when the guy who used to be president and could be president again said that he's going to be a dictator and Sean Hannity barely had any resistance to that. And the MAGA people in the audience cheered for him. Well, 
the polls are in and not a lot of people seem to have a problem with, or at least not nearly enough. 39% of Americans, including three out of four Republicans, when asked, what do you think about him being able to be a dictator for a day? Are like, yeah, no, sign me up for that. And so let's go, only 44% of Americans completely were opposed to the idea. Remember, he's facing 91 felony charges. They're saying that it would be definitely bad. Another 16% said that it was probably bad. Okay, that's good. Well, if you combine those two, probably a bad thing that Donald Trump, who is not some hypothetical bad president, we know who he is. We know that he bans religions from entering the country, advocates for migrants to be eaten by alligators, talks about nuking hurricanes, talks about how bleach and UV lights are all we need to stop COVID. It's not hypothetical, we've been through nearly a half decade of that already. 16% are like, mm, maybe he shouldn't be a dictator. But 15% of the country think that it was definitely good. 24% said it was probably good. So as you go about your day, and you pass by your fellow man. Just bear in mind, a significant percentage of them think that there should, like this, this constitution, this form of government, like, yeah, we pretend to like that. We talk about, like, yeah, yeah, America. No, down with America, down with our system of government, down with checks and balances, down with people not being above the law. That's what we want. We want a dictator. And we want it to be that former reality show host, that failed businessman, that serial sexual abuser. We want that guy to have unconstrained power, but just for a day. And that's typically how it goes. Once dictators gain absolute power, they frequently give it back. Sharon, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. Putin told him that, didn't he? Um, I, I think this is pathetic because this 75% of Republicans that you're talking about, the three out of four, now I'm traveling up and down in my neighborhood, just trying to get some exercise. I pass some people walking their dogs, some people looking out the window. And I'm like, is it you? It's you, isn't it? I know one of my neighbors, it's definitely that one. But the bottom line here is, are you that pathetic? Are you, because they're gonna say after this happens, it could very well happen, John. We didn't understand the question. We didn't understand mm -hmm. what you were really saying. He, he can't be any clearer. I wish to be a dictator. We just had a defeat in one court that said, you know what? You don't have absolute immunity to commit crimes. And he's fear. The papers that he and his lawyer submitted said, I have absolute right to do whatever I want to do, including murder, including murder my political opposition. So he actually means it. And I don't know how to dumb down the question so that people can understand the full scope of it. He means it. This is America, look at your life. You better look at your life, America. 100%, hopefully. Some, some do, some, not all. We do not have, we do not have the citizenry that we would like to sometimes imagine that we do. Okay, we're gonna take our second break of the hour. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna have some more fun, include, maybe not fun in the traditional sense of the word, but vigilante justice live on the news. That's a good direction for our country to go in. We'll be right back. You know, in the social break, we were talking about how Kirsten Cinema doesn't have to do her job and there's nothing we can do about it. And uh, 
Uh, Iwa Weeman on YouTube reminded me she did an internship at a winery. Yeah, oh. she did that. She yeah. literally was like, you know what? My government, I want to learn about wine, which sounds great. You know, you can do that after you resign your position. Then you can go do whatever internships you want to do and have fun. You can go audit classes or whatever. You can do whatever stupid rich person stuff you want to do. But you're supposed to be a senator. You're being paid a ton of money to do that. Anyway, we're going to set her aside. We're talking about other news, starting with this. Have you ever seen this much chocolate leading the city of New York? And then go down the line. Look, look who's here. This is representative of the city. That's why people are hating on me. Wow. All right, Harold, you know, uh, when I was reading this line, um, I, have you ever seen this much chocolate? leading the city of New York. I mean, I didn't know whether that was offensive. Is that offensive to the people he was referencing? I think he was trying to say that there's a vast amount of African-American leadership. In well, the, he's in articulate. Why do you call him chocolate? So look, Jeanine Pirro is angry at Eric Adams, angry and drunk. Let's make that clear, but angry <laughs> at Eric Adams. And I get it. He's a guy who makes people angry all the time. Is him referring to the fact that he's trying to demonstrate that there's a lot of diversity in the city government right now offensive? I will leave that to each individual to decide. But I love that she couldn't ask if what he said was offensive without calling the black man articulate, which so we can debate that too. But first, it actually gets into an even weirder and wilder place in this clip. Well, he's articulate. Why do you call him chocolate? Might not have had him enough time. He might have been trying to convince him. Look, I would, I would, I would, I would have said it differently. I think it's a compliment. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody in the room was offended. Yeah, yeah no one in the room was offended. Not, nor Harold, was you're like my Cadbury egg. He's you're my it. Snickers. Okay, so the Cadbury egg, the Snickers, kind of annoying, kind of cringy. Janine Pirro is like, hey, that looks like fun. I want to get involved. And she cannot throw out a single dessert that doesn't have some sort of baked in racial meaning. Um, I don't know if she came out of this experience understanding what it is that she just did. Sharon, do you want to explain it to her? Do I have to? Do you don't do, have to. Do I have? I, I, I go with the first thing that you said about her as a qualifier. Lay off the sauce, okay? Get this lady out of the chair and let's sober her up here because this is, I hope that's what was going on with her. Don't you yeah. hope that that, and I hate to say that because who wants someone to be sauced at work? But maybe that's how you get through it when you work with certain people at certain <laughs> places. But this is, what do you want me to say about it? Uh, racist, uh, wrong, uh, why are you doing this? And why is she still here as in yeah. in front of us? Yeah, I know some people might think that we're like being mean to her by pointing out that she is likely not okay. completely there. Okay. But what's the alternative explanation? Yeah, I would say that that's worse. So we're speaking yeah. defense for. By the way, um, the idea that you know, like referring to Harold Ford Jr. as an Oreo, either because you do or do not understand the racial component of that. By but bear in mind, Fox has been very clear about 
calling someone an Oreo is racist in the past. They lauded the fact that Senator Tim Scott, who had been referred to as that, uh, there was a Texas Democratic official had to resign after calling him an Oreo, and they called it a racist attack. How opportunistic must they be being for them to identify that a slur is actually racist? And here she is just throwing it around live on the five to potentially millions of viewers. So isn't that fun? Well, look, as weird as that was, uh, the last couple of days in Fox News have gotten even worse, more worrisome, I think. I want to jump to a clip from Sean Hannity's show. Uh, guys have just taken down one of the migrant guys right here on the corner, 42nd and 7th, while all can, this can you is taken. the camera? They've taken over. They've taken over. You'd like the camera over there if at all possible. Yep. Oh, you got your key open, guys. He is out of control. Out of control. There. All right, now Eric Adams often complains he's getting no support from the federal government to help him with the surge of Joe Biden's unvetted illegals in New York. And that could be because of the so-called border czar is a little distracted right now. According to a report, Vice President Harris has now suddenly, quote, found her footing. That is like the ultimate Fox News clip, if you really stop and think about it. He had this guy, Curtis Sliwa, former New York City mayoral candidate, leader of the Guardian Angels on to talk about something with migrants getting prepaid credit cards. They wanna demonize that like all the good white people's money is being given to these dirty immigrants or whatever. So that was the horrible reason he was on the show, but it got worse. Rather than just doing a live hit from Times Square for some reason, he's got his gang of people accosting migrants on the street. Now they say that that Mike is is it even a migrant? I I don't know. We're just judging Curtis Sliwa's opinion of a person based on face value, and he says that the person had been shoplifting. Did did they? Does anyone know? Does Sean Hannity know? Because Sean Hannity allowed this group of vigilantes to just live broadcast them assaulting a person on the streets of New York, and Sean Hannity. Paused for a second or two, perhaps a brief window into him actually experiencing like a human feeling of, is this kind of a weird thing to be doing on the news? But rather than address it, rather than push back against the guy that they're just they're just assaulting someone, and now he's broadcasting it. He starts talking about how, well, you know, Biden's letting these people in. I guess that's truly the bad thing. How many steps are we from? Just like a public execution live on Fox News. Like it seems maybe like a bridge too far, but we're racing towards the normalization of all sorts of racist actions on there. Sharon, what do you think? I saw a crime being committed. I believe I thank goodness it was recorded. I saw a crime being committed. They they jumped this this person and took full authority. I think only the camera operator had a slight sense in this because you notice the hesitation. Did not immediately kind of turning swing away. The, right camera yeah. around, and Hannity just stayed with it. I thought Hannity would be somewhat decent enough to say, "Okay, okay, let's get you know." No, I think I saw crime being committed by the guys in the red jacket and those berets. That's what I think I saw here. Yeah, judge and jury, vigilantism. Yeah, by the way, maybe that person was a migrant. 
maybe that person had shoplifted. Maybe shoplifting doesn't mean that you should be beaten down the streets. Maybe that's not actually like the worst possible crime. Maybe that's true. I don't know. You know who else doesn't know? Sean Hannity. That's right. Sean Hannity knows exactly what we know when that is happening. Virtually nothing, and he rolls with it. He's okay with it. For all he knows, that is an innocent New Yorker being assaulted by a gang of people, and he's just fine with it. That is like that's lead story, you know. Maybe we'll get good ratings off that. Maybe our audience will like watching like a brown person get beat up on the streets of New York. I don't know. Again, is he gonna get in trouble for this? Is that is that crossing a line? I would love to imagine that maybe it would be, but I haven't seen anything about consequences for it, so I guess he'll be okay. Any other thoughts? No, except you know, this thing won't come to a head unless maybe the gentleman sues. And there's talk of a settlement, but it'll have to be pretty large. It'll have to be like more than $787 million to perhaps get some action here. Or maybe Hannity will have to disparage Fox execs in a text message for something to happen. But this is outlandish behavior at this point. Yeah, I would just, I would like, are you allowed to just broadcast a person being assaulted and do nothing? In fact, to speak in support of the movement that's assaulting that person live on your show. Imagine if I had a live hit at like a Bernie rally and a bunch of Bernie supporters started brutalizing like, you know, a Haley supporter or something. And I was just like, well, you know, Haley does lie a lot. As next to me, the assault is being committed. What would you think of me? But Sean Hannity, he's a respectable journalist. After all, he is wearing a tie and he has a very nice studio, so I guess he'll be fine. Anyway, that's unfortunately all the time we have for the first hour of the show. Those of you watching live, definitely stay tuned for the aftermath. A lot more to talk about. Those of you on the podcast, thank you for listening. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Love reading those reviews. For the rest of you, I will see you on the other side of this.